Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Wonka. Join me today. He was just bragging to me about his giraffe milking skills. It's Holden Martinson. Holden, how's it going? <sighs> you know, it's a pain in the neck, but uh, ah. you got to get every drop. <laughs> uh, the ch- chocolate's no good otherwise. Get it, neck. Uh-huh. Uh, th- yeah, they. I, th- that was that was one of the more inspired uh, choices this movie made. But uh, okay. yeah, I- I'm excited to have Holden here to talk about Wonka, a movie that I did not think I would be excited to talk about this time a year ago. But, you know, it's been a bit of a hit, actually. M- made close to $400 million. It stars Timothy Chalamet as the uh, titular Wonka himself. Uh, it serves as a bit of an origin story for the character that, uh, you know, people... Uh, First, first met like way, well, way, way back uh, at the at the when Roald Dahl wrote the book Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It was then adapted into the 1971 movie starring Gene Wilder. And then uh, I didn't realize until I just looked at home. I didn't know Roald Dahl did the screenplay for that. Um, interesting. And then, uh, and then there was another movie, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that came out in 2005, directed by Tim Burton and starring Johnny Depp. And this a few years ago, it was announced that Timothy Chalamet, one of the uh, brighter young movie stars around, was going to star in a movie called Wonka, an origin story for Willy Wonka that a lot of people were like, do we really need this? And that was a talking point for a while. And then, you know, except one thing I think, you know, is it was uh, being adapted by uh, Paul King, who a lot of people know from the Paddington movie. So, um I guess where I want to start with this, and, and uh, where I want to start with this, because I mean, I, I I'll get to the plot in a little bit, but I, I guess where I'll first start, Holden, is uh, I, first of all, I want your time management skills. Holden is a is a relatively new dad, and he had time to go back and uh, watch uh, watch both of those prior movies and at least read an audio version of the book. I did not do any of that, so Holden has become a bit of a Wonka scholar on the fly in the last week, <laughs> in dedication to the podcast, which I greatly appreciate. But you know, I I'm just kind of going off of like what I remember about this. And so, I mean, obviously you kind of did it out. You already knew this movie was coming for a while before you did oh, yeah. that. I, and I'm sure maybe you'd consume some of that stuff well in the past. So I'm curious one, like kind of what your thoughts were, uh, when you were, you, were you like cynical at all? Like a lot of people were, cause you're pretty like a positive guy in my experience. Were you cynical when you heard this thing got announced or were you like, I trust Paul King cause I love the Paddington movies and I will watch this movie and I am excited. What was your reaction way back when this first got announced? Cause one, it was like people are just cynical about people not getting new ideas in Hollywood and two, like, Oh, one of our great young actors that does all these great original films or do notwithstanding is going to like go waste time doing this. Huh? Like there is, I just don't think there was the most positive reaction to this at first. And uh, it's, I think there's, been a pretty positive reception though over the last couple months so what did you think when like this movie first got announced yeah i had a sort of cautious optimism about it for all the reasons that you mentioned because it was another um trip back to the well of ip and this time we're getting another prequel um and this time about willy wonka whose whole thing is how um for a lot of people is how mysterious he is, how 
um, erratic and unknowable he often is. Um, but at the same time, Paul King made uh, two of my favorite films of the of the 2010s um, with with Paddington um, and Paddington 2, uh, both delightful films that I've seen many times at this point. So I was of the mind that if anyone could pull this off, it would be Paul King. And I was I was so happy to see the reception for this and to see that people were so pleasantly surprised, like, hey, he pulled it off. But of course, I hadn't seen it. And finally, uh, after uh, going back and reviewing sort of the history of 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 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and and of the character of Willy Wonka, uh, finally caught Wonka today. And sure enough, Paul King, he does it again. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I, I mean, I was, I don't want to say I was like super, super cynical because like I just don't really waste too much time getting outraged about any choice anyone makes because I'll see most sure, anything. Yeah. It's, it's a, again, as people know, it's a little tougher for me now to make it to as much as I have in the past because I'm this can be my first full year not living uh, 200 feet from a movie theater. So it's That's like I do, I do, yeah, I know. I have, but like that, that that would entail then moving more than two minutes from my office. Uh, so, you know, which is, I, so I, I mean, I live like literally like a mile and if I hit up all the lights, I can get to work in less than five minutes. And <laughs> I was walking distance from a movie theater. Like I really had it made for six years. Yeah, uh, and so, so yeah, now it's like, I mean, if I go see something, it's a more, it, I, it's a more of a commitment. It's like, you know, it's like 40 minutes of driving if you, cause I'm the closest theater is 20 minutes away. So it's like, it, it does going to take more. And I, you know, I, I, every now and then I, I mean, even though I put out at least an episode a week and some of those cover two movies, I will, you know, I'll miss a thing every now and then, or I won't do a podcast on something or I'll just not see something. Like I didn't see the Mario movie. I didn't have anything. I didn't have an objection to seeing it. It was just one that was like, no one like, it was like, you have to see this. So it's like, I just didn't, I didn't make it, you know, that might've even come out early in the year when I still had the theater across the street. I can't remember what month that got released in. Um, but, but, but like my, April, I think. Yeah. Okay. So that might've didn't been, have to see it. It's. Right. Well, so yeah, that's the thing. It's like, but it's still, it was a big deal made over a billion dollars. Right. So, uh, you know, it's like every now and then I'll miss a thing. And this might've been one of those things I would have missed if I hadn't seen the like critics actually like, you know, praising it. And so, and, and I, and I really had a good time with it too, but I guess my, my, my next question to you then Holden is like, it, we, we meet, we meet this young version of Willy Wonka played by Timothy Chalamet. He is, uh, he, he is, you know, you know, bright eyed and like wants to make a name for himself in the world. Uh, you know, is uh what, what is the name it's i guess the the shopping area where he wants to open up his shop is the galleries gourmet correct and yes. uh but it's 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 like an unidentified like you know european town basically right he's yeah. he's been a man of the world like collecting all the stuff to make a chocolate with but he's going to like this unidentified european city uh to, within this shopping area called the galleries gourmet where he wants to make his name as a chocolatier and you know he ends up going up against basically a chocolate cartel of a of a few different villains uh uh, they're uh, played by a few a, a few different people. Um, there's a uh, Peterson Joseph, Arthur Slugworth, who I guess is a figure in the original, correct? Um, and yeah. and and also uh, Matt Lucas plays uh, Gerald uh, Prodnose. Uh, Matthew Baton plays Felix Ficklegruber. And uh, there's a but then there's a you know some other uh, naughty figures. Olivia Coleman uh, plays uh, Miss Scrubbit, who you know uh, 
tricks him into indentured servitude when he needs a place to stay his first night there. And then he meets a lot of other different characters and uh, actors there, including uh, ones or a lot of other uh, characters within that house who have also been tricked in the same ways. They're played by a few different people, including Natasha Rothwell and uh, Rocky Thacker and, um, and, 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 and most notably also a young girl named Noodle uh, played by Kayla Lane, who is, uh, becomes like his Wonka's assistant throughout this. And I, it's just a very positive movie. It has the vibes of Paddington. And I, as someone that didn't remember, because uh, again, I haven't watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in 10 years. I almost had like my lasting impression. I went back and I read the Wikipedia of the movie before we started this. But like still my lasting impression of Willy Wonka is like not the best dude. You know, if like if, if like if you're just remembering that movie and like the things he is doing to them. And I'm like looking back on like the summary of that. I'm like, oh, I guess he does kind of like, you know, that movie ends in a good in a good place. But he, like you said, he's an unknowable figure. He's somewhat inscrutable. Uh, all these kids are seemingly meeting their demise throughout that movie. So I almost remembered him more as like a villainous character. And I, and I, so I almost kept expecting this movie to take a dark turn because I didn't read this throughout. And I'm like, oh, are we going to like see how he becomes like the dude in that movie? Now remembering that like, you don't actually, like, I guess from what I saw and looking back at that, like he assures Charlie that all the kids are okay, but you never really see those kids again. Am I wrong? Um, in the Gene Wilder version, yes. you don't see them again. Mm-hmm. The movie ends with them blasting off in the great glass elevator. And and in the book, in the Tim Burton movie, you do see the kids one last time. Oh, okay, you do. Um, uh, but uh, in the in the Mel Stewart 71 version, mm-hmm. it no, it just ends with <laughs> this final sort of conversation, this confrontation between. He, um, he like the assures them they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And and like so I guess I, I just all, all these bad things are happening to them and Willie doesn't seem all that concerned about it in, in the Mel Stewart movie. And so I'm just like, okay, I guess are we gonna see like how he gets to the point where he is like that like twisted of a person is what I kept thinking right. this whole time. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't have thought that because like, you know, I don't think Paul King's necessarily here to make that kind of movie. But I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, is there gonna be some kind of turn later on i i just seen the hunger games movie too um right. where like where that was a, a kind of a villain origin story in of itself and i guess i was expecting something similar to happen through this just because that was my image of wonka but this is not that movie it is more positive so i'm curious based on how you felt about wonka as a character how do you think this movie did in like you know setting up the guy that he would become to the extent you want to consider either of those prior movies or the book like Wonka canon. Do you think this was a, a fitting origin story? And how did Timothy Chalamet do in capturing his essence, in your opinion? I should also say, one thing I didn't note, this movie is a musical, which I mean, yeah. you know, and I guess there's musical elements to the prior ones, but like not to the extent that this is a musical. So that's also a big part of this. And I I, I guess I should also ask you about that choice because, you know, it's, it's impossible to like, you know, separate the Timothy Chalamet of it from that when he's not exactly known as a song and dance man, unless you go like mm. look at his raps from when he was like in high school or whatever that are the end, you know? <laughs> Oh, of course. Yeah. So that's the thing that having seen it just a few hours ago and 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 really processing this film, uh, the thing that stands out most to me is the characterization of Willy Wonka, Timothy Chalamet's interpretation and, and Paul King's interpretation um, of this of this iconic literary character. It's interesting because I think that um People are very protective of their idea of of Willy Wonka, partially because of the of the book, I think, but really because of the 1971 film. I think that's a significant reason why a lot of um, folks resist the Tim Burton version is because that movie is much 
closer to to Roald Dahl's novel in a lot of ways, but it's it's you know a significant departure from the seventy one version, and I think the number one reason for that is that Gene Wilder is giving this towering kind of iconic all-timer performance. Um, I'm kind of mixed on the Mel Stewart film um, as a whole, but his work as, but Gene Wilder's work as Willy Wonka is pretty unimpeachable. Um, it is such a, such a mysterious, um, almost menacing performance. Whenever the kids get in trouble, he very hilariously uh, will react, oh no, don't so flatly it's become a meme <laughs> it's 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 a a remarkable performance there's you know but it's also well, that's um, weird how many movies are there with like a menacing figure at the center who's still there mm -hmm. at the end but it, kind of a happy ending it's a, it's a, it's a, that's why yeah. i had such a, like an odd recollection of it yeah and um you know he's uh got a lot of sort of contempt for these kids and um in the, mm -hmm. in the 2005 version, Johnny Depp kind of plays in that direction as well, where he is doing this tour more out of um, sort of this existential obligation because he knows he will not live forever, but he hates these kids so much. And he's annoyed that they're there. Well, I'm glad you his stuff. Well, I'm, um, I'm glad you brought that point up because I guess mm -hmm. I didn't quite hit the nail on the head with that. And, mm -hmm. and I, I guess that is kind of part of what stuck with me from it. Mm -hmm. And you don't you, you there's no shades of like that wonka in this movie yeah. one that hates kids so exactly. i guess i'm not saying that's a problem with the movie but it's kind of like i was expecting to like get some context for how he would become that mm -hmm. way but who knows maybe they're gonna make a wonka too and that's gonna show us that or maybe not you know i i, I don't were you expecting to get some version of like how he became that a facsimile of the gene wilder version well here's here's the other thing is that um, the version that Chalamet is playing is much closer to Wonka as characterized in the Roald Dahl book, okay. um, where he is, um, he's not really menacing or malicious in any way. He's very eccentric and matter of fact, mm. uh, even when the kids are getting themselves into trouble, putting themselves into danger, he does just have this very happy-go-lucky attitude of, well, uh, they shouldn't have done that, but here's what we're going to do to solve this problem. Hmm. Um, and th there is a sort of creepiness to that nonchalant attitude. Um, but he, you know, doesn't hate these kids necessarily. Um, he's just like, well, that's that's how it goes, I guess. Anyway, moving on. And that is more of a piece, uh, or I should say Chalamet's performance is more of a piece of that version of Willy Wonka, where he takes things as they come where he, um, you know, does not have this undercurrent of anger and resentment. Um, uh, but where he's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, those kids just in the book, you know, he's like, well, at the end of the day, the truth is I was looking for someone who might take over for me one day. Um, and, uh, and you know what, Charlie, you're the, you're the one to do it. And that's the same attitude you get here. I think that, more than either uh, film version, although this movie obviously is very much in concert with, um, I think both films to a degree, but especially the 1971 film in a lot of ways, the Chalamet Wonka grows up to be uh, the book Wonka, where he is like all about the love of it, 
okay. the, the love of creation and invention. Uh, That's interesting, though, because like yeah. I said, I, I didn't know until just 10 minutes ago that Roald Dahl did, adapted his own book for the 71 version. And he I guess he made an intentional choice to like just make that Wonka slightly different, unless that was a yeah. more directorial choice in how they told Gene Wilder to how to play it. I, I just didn't realize that. I actually think I might have right. read the book, too. It's just been even longer since I read the book. So I, I just didn't remember that. But it's just mm-hmm. interesting. There's these different shades of him. And I think you can you can get behind them not trying to set up him being the menacing Wonka here if you're just like, oh, they mm-hmm. there are different versions of him out there. And this is the one they're kind of setting him on the path to be, I suppose, you know? Yeah. And and I, there's like a whole history with the the Roald Dahl um, script that is a little bit fraught, but I couldn't speak to just sort of how he felt about that interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's distinct from the book in in a lot of ways for, um, you know, I guess for for better and worse. But you know, I I'm glad that that there's the book, and that the Mel Stewart version is allowed or allows itself. Um, to go in in different directions and that we do have that wilder performance as is. Well, so like you said, you're in your opinion, the Gene Wilder performance is unimpeachable. So then how did you feel about how Timothy did with this version of him who, again, uh, going for something very different, but in something very different than we've ever seen, I'd say, Timothy Chalamet do before? Because I, I mean, like, I, I guess the last time I saw him on the big screen would have been, I don't know, was that Bones and All last year where he's uh, play, playing a cannibal, um, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, so h- how did you feel about uh, this Timothy Chalamet performance, and again, the musical and the overall the, the 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 musical aspects of this movie and how he does with them, because I uh, I, I enjoyed it in like none of these songs really stuck with me, but like I did think he was incredibly charming, and I enjoyed the the song and dance numbers as I was watching them. Like he's not like you know he's not like a trained musical theater guy per se, mm-hmm. uh, even if like I'm pretty sure he did plenty of stage stuff like in high school and whatnot, but like I. I enjoyed this, the numbers as I was watching them, even if I don't think any of the songs are real ear, earworms. So what did you think about this incarnation in the in the musical context as well? Yeah, and again, that's another way in which this is really leaning into the 71 version, which is like a, a musical. There are numerous numbers, um, you know, not even accounting for like the, the Oompa Loompa sort of interludes. Um, and of course, this has cues from that one. But so as a musical, I... I agree. And that's sort of the most persistent criticism I hear of this movie is that Mm. none of the songs are particularly memorable. I don't think any of them are bad at all. I think they are totally fine. They're fun. I think they're lyrically sort of uh, playful, not very musically sticky uh, in any way. Um, You're not going to find a a melody as uh, as you know, that'll grab you like the candy man or anything like that, mm. but it's, it's a solid musical. And, um, there, there's like the number at the very beginning where it turns into like a, a Busby Berkeley, uh, sort of choreographed dance and it's all in his imagination, which, which was so beautiful to see. And I thought that was impressive. Um, and it was equally funny when, um, it cuts t- uh, to the reality, which is the, uh, you know, that you see the cop watching him just sort of dancing by himself in his own world. Hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I think there are several layers in that way, which it works. You know, there are certain sequences that I like, like the, um, when the cartel is accosting the, the, when they're bribing the chief of police with, uh, an exorbitant amount of chocolate. Hmm. Um, but no, it's, it's totally fine as a musical. There are no standout songs, but it's fine. As for Chalamet, um, it's a great performance. 
I really believe that. I think he is in service of a version of the character um, that at least cinematically is still allowed to stand on its own. Um, he is so warm and so endearing um, right from the get-go. Um, you see him uh, like that first number where he's slowly parting with each of his uh, his sovereigns and he is just so upbeat and so winning and it's the thing where like timothy chalamet i think is more known for these really uh sort of dramatic occasionally brooding sometimes thorny performances even something like little women where he is uh so charming and boyish he does have these stretches where you're He's um, lovelorn, or I don't know if that's right. Or Lori. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah, where there are these stretches where you're a little annoyed at him or a little sort of cautious as to what his his deal is. And Amy has to tell him off um, a couple of times, too. I, I remember that. Like, there's some exactly. scenes there and just with the way Amy he's going about yeah. things. And then, of course, like, he's in Dune where he's Paul Atreides and he's uh, a very, a very sullen Paul Atreides who's, who is so encumbered by his terrible purpose. And here he gets to give this this very wacky animated performance that is still very, very much uh, Timothy Chalamet. But he gets to to really have a lot of fun and he sells it. Uh, I'm quite won over by him by the end. And I think if he doesn't go toe to toe with Wilder, which, you know, who who, who could you can't blame um, someone. If, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, and I think that's especially to his benefit to not be that version of the character or the Johnny that version is that he can be his own uh, take on that character. And, um, and it's the smart way to go. Also, like, that's, yeah. This version of him is so like single minded and you don't really learn that much about what makes him tick aside really? from the yeah. fact that like he just wants to make chocolate and yeah. like he, it's all he cares about. And he loves his mom. Yeah, he loved his mom, but his mom like was the one that passed on the love of chocolate, and that is literally all he cares about. Everything he's doing is just an aim towards making chocolate, and 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 that is like it all goes back to that form. Every single thing he does in this is to like whether or not it's something he's trying to get Noodle to do for him in a moment, or get someone else to help him out with, or get out of something else, or to uh, or to get, get to another place. He just needs to get get a, a bed for a night till he can make the chocolate. It's all about the chocolate. But I still feel like I had a good sense of like who this guy was, even if I didn't exactly know a lot about him other than that. You know, like I thought it was just a he did a good job of conveying that guy, the warmth of the personality of this particular guy, which is uh, I thought maybe not the easiest thing to do. And like he all he really wants to do is just make a chocolate. And yeah. I think and so kudos to him for just being able to pull that off and do it in as charming of a way as he did. Mm -hmm. um i i you mentioned this we talked around this cartel and the police thing a couple times i mean have kind of skated around the plot of this movie a bit and i mean it's twofold one he has these other he makes all these different friends in the basement of miss scrubbit's hotel who he ends mm -hmm. up in enlisting to help him and they have Five their own friends <laughs> they they all have their own special talents and ways they end up helping with this operation and so th that kind of dovetails um them needing to fight for their freedom kind of dovetails with him uh having to fight this this cartel of these other three chocolatiers that are threatened by his chocolate making talents they've always done it the same way and they basically have a monopoly on it so they can charge whatever prices they want his mm -hmm. chocolate's even better and he is willing to sell it for a small amount I really like this part of the movie. I, uh, I, I just, you know, maybe it's not the most, you know, original idea or it's not the hardest way to make a movie that's like a, you know, somewhat of a, 
a metaphor for capitalism, though I I I, I appreciate you to trying. I appreciate anytime anyone tries yeah. can Trojan horse something like that into a kids movie mm-hmm. in an entertaining way. And I like to joke. I mean, it was a smaller part of Paddington too, but I remember joking after Paddington too, which I don't think I did a podcast on, but like, I, I'm sure I wrote something about it on Letterboxd. I was like, oh, well, like Paul King really wants to use this cute bear to go after the prison industrial complex and show how prison, this, this can be actually used to like, prison can be used to rehabilitate people and be a positive experience if done the right way. Uh, And I mean, that's just a small part of that movie, but I still appreciated it here. It's like, he's just like going after the He's just going after capitalism. I mean, how, how, yeah. how did you think he did in like tackling such a big subject within this, what is ostensibly a children's movie? Yeah, it's the thing where he is, uh, which he does in Paddington and Paddington 2, um, where Paddington is about all of these sort of like, you know, legacy, um, like the, like these dynasties of of old money and whatnot and prison um, and Paddington 2, of course, about, like you said, the prison industrial complex and this about... Um, sort of um, uh, monopolizing uh, chocolate um, and and even going so far as to dilute the chocolate so they can so they can sell more by making an inferior product it, it's it's a very elementary sort of systemic kind of commentary or or not quite satire but like um, as a broad metaphor to illustrate, uh, maybe to children or or audiences, maybe the the ills of our modern society. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like it's pat. That's and that's fine. It works. It's totally functional for this story about evil business interests sort of stifling innovation and burgeoning talent because it hurts them financially, even if it's better for everyone else. The, the thing that it really reminded me of in a way was uh, the Wachowski's uh, Speed Racer, another movie about trying to to make individualistic, uh, to do individualistic work under capitalism and um, towering business interests. Um, but yeah, and even, uh, even in a cartoonish context, uh, it is, you know, genuinely uh, threatening when you see just how powerful and connected these these antagonists are, even if they are a little bit silly, but like they have they can control they can control the police, even if the police love this superior product. <laughs> and the even the clergy, Mister Bean himself, Rowan Atkinson is on the take. Oh yeah, um, and they literally have to go underground in order to evade any kind of action. And uh, and you even have the thing where like they get stuck where all these people are stuck in this horrible contract, something that Wonka employs later in the 71 version Hmm. um, where they can't ever do what they are good at or what they want because they're saddled with all of this debt. And so there's, they're like, you know, stuck doing menial laundry work. Obviously laundry work is very important. That is not to, to besmirch uh, launderers. Wasn't their dream. No, exactly. But and they're they're doing it specifically because they have been taken advantage of. And and you know, I appreciate the uh the thoroughness, um, even if it is kind of broad. That seems kind of contradictory, but you know, it's uh I mean yeah, like I mean, I guess I hadn't even necessarily thought about like the 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 I guess the con the contract or the uh or just those people being locked into that if there was mm-hmm. much of a, a message to that, because they weren't exactly taken advantage of by that same corporate class in the same way i mean it's more just a simple economic inequality thing that they were forced exactly. to like do that yeah. um and didn't read the fine print like having um, a bad landlord 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, so that's, that's its own thing where he's trying to, you know, I guess look at class a little bit within the context of the whole thing, which is fine too. You know, speaking of those people, I really, I, I enjoyed the, I, I never, I don't know if I've ever seen that actor before that played noodle. I thought she was very good. You know, like if they, mm-hmm. if you give it a kid I like that, her, yeah, yeah. I, if, if you give, if you give a kid that much to do um, and they're not good, like even though that's not even the third or fourth leading necessarily in this movie, like maybe she kind of is, but like it, it just, it, it could really drag things down. And I really enjoyed her. Uh, have I ever seen her? Yeah. She's pretty new. Um, yeah. Good for yeah, her. She but seems I, I, young. I would, wouldn't be surprised if this is her first movie or whatever. Yeah, for, 14. She did some other movie yeah. in 2019. I haven't heard of, uh, oh. but, uh, but, but yeah, like, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I liked her, but I, I don't know if I necessarily needed the whole like, uh, paternity storyline, uh, and the her whole mm-hmm. bloodlines being tied back to Slughorn. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, there it, it does try to do a lot. I mean, that, that that part of the movie didn't drag for me necessarily. It was just something where, like, I I was like, ah, oh, they're okay. That's that's I I don't know if that was like that really paid off that hard necessarily. It was just something, the movie is just as good yeah. without that. Uh, but like, I think she's she, she's such a fun presence, and I'm not complaining about it. It's just like you know, maybe they tried to do a little bit more than they needed to. Even if again, I'm saying it didn't yeah. hurt the movie. I didn't feel the movie's length too much. I had a fun time. Uh, it was just like you know, mm-hmm. maybe they, they 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 went pretty deep on her with in ways they didn't necessarily need to. Whereas like you know, mm-hmm. um, you know the, the other the other people that were there in that basement with her. Um, you know, maybe didn't have as much to do, but you know, I still thought they all made an impression themselves. It's just, oh, for they, sure. they, they did more with her. If I, I just don't know if it super, if it really amounted too much. Um, let me, let me ask you then too about the, uh, because I, I, I don't have a ton to necessarily add on the plot stuff there. I just enjoyed it. I, you know what I should say before I move on? Uh, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed Matt Lucas. I think yeah, other people are, I, people were, I, I think, I don't know if I was as familiar with like his other work as some people were. It, it, so like, it, it seemed like other people were talking with him about like with a little more familiarity than I necessarily had. I can't say I'd seen like a ton of his stuff now that I'm like looking back at it right now. I guess he was in Paddington, but and I guess he's popped up in things throughout the years. It's just like he made he's a like huge a impression. Sketch actor. He was in like Little Britain and other things. He's he's been around for a while, but like every time he just like mm-hmm. outright said the evil thing they wanted to do, I cracked up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it was like a blonde Hitler. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, it was just, it was it was um just great comic timing and very funny, and I really appreciated that. And 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 and, and I also really thought the performance of um of uh. Uh, Patterson Joseph was was as as Slugworth was like really really good and right. I, I mean even if I didn't necessarily need that whole thing with him being in like you know uh you know having this whole background with his family and noodle and all that like it, it didn't do much for me but like I thought he did a good job in being uh quite sinister um yes how did you feel about the Hugh Grant and the Oopa Loopa of it all it was rad it was so cool like in the trait look I've seen this trailer 10 billion times. I think like uh, most people, um, I wasn't sure what the deal with the Oompa Loompas were going to be. So he's um, not in the trailer. He is at the very end. You oh, see him okay. do a silly dance where he, he bends over and he shows his butt to Wonka. Mm. Um, and uh, he's, he's so much fun in this movie. He's just an absolute stinker. Um, stealing Wonka's chocolate. It is funny though when <laughs> he's constantly having to explain to um to Noodle that uh, his chocolate is being stolen by an orange little man with green hair, and she thinks he's just eating the chocolate in his sleep. <laughs> um, 
and then when you do meet this Oompa Loompa, um, you find out that uh, um, he's trying to get back at, uh, at 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 Wonka for uh, for taking some of his cocoa beans um, when he was supposed to be guarding them, uh, and therefore got yeah, himself. Uh, kicked off their island yeah this movie maybe has a little bit to say about the environment too you know wonka plundering foreign Mm -hmm. nations of their natural resources uh i that's true i i you know if if this guy does have one fall maybe that's it but i so i i i don't if i did watch the trailer i just forgot i kind of in my head knew he was in it but like i didn't remember what till he popped up so i just got a huge kick out of that also because the first angle I saw him from, I didn't know. I, I maybe I didn't couldn't tell it was Hugh Grant, but I thought he looked like one of the main Oompa Loompas in the original movie. Uh, so like, <laughs> they, they, I just thought the way they made him look like that, it, it kind of did. Uh, so I had a lot of fun, oh, yeah. and it, I was just laughing at the fact that he was willing to do this and go out and say ridiculous stuff. Like, so from that standpoint, it was a success for me. However, he ends up playing a fairly pivotal role in like the resolution of the conflict with the with with the cartel. And oh yeah, like. And I don't know if I fully tracked his motivations. What did you think about like him coming to the rescue like that? Because he like, you know, uh, I, I guess, I guess the idea, what was the idea exactly? Like he, he, like he hadn't paid them back or something like that. So he, he still needed him alive. Mm-hmm. Like what, what exactly how, did that all track for you? Like him coming back? I mean, I, I guess I kind of understood it, this guy didn't have a lot going for him in life. So I didn't not understand why he wouldn't go to work for Wonka at the end because he didn't have a lot personally going on. And I guess and really liked the chocolate. But like, did you understand like him being mad, him saving his life and then him going back? Were you able to track that character's arc as silly as it sounds for how silly that character was? Yeah, I think he he just really likes uh, Willy Wonka's chocolate and he want, and he's mainly pestering him because uh, he feels that Willy Wonka is to, is responsible for him losing his job. Um, but I really do think it comes down to, uh, and then I think at the very end, um, he may feel some kinship uh, because, um, uh, because he is, he finds himself inadvertently in the crosshairs with Willy Wonka by this cartel in a, um, and, and sort of leads him to the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of alliance but yeah no i think he's just like you know this this kid makes the best chocolate i mean (laughs) why else would i keep stealing from him and uh i don't want to say gaslighting him to his friends but uh but certainly distorting reality in certain ways sure uh, no, yeah, I feel um, that. I, that that was one criticism I'd seen a bit, and in the moment, I was like a little mm-hmm. uh, confused as to like why he was the one coming to the rescue and all that. But like, I I, I didn't get too hung up on it just because again, I enjoyed his presence so much, and I had like such a fun time with him. Um, were there were, were, were there were there any other? Yeah, the... I think it's the other thing where it's like, yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I think it is the other thing where it's like, well, you know that the Oompa Loompas and and Willy Wonka are going to end up together at some point, so. Um, so it's the thing where you can kind of like, ah, whatever they're, they just need to be on the same side, which is not like, like great satisfying storytelling. Um, but it, it mainly tracks for, for me, but yeah, it's, there's a little left. Maybe you could explain it a little more cleanly in the film. Sure. Were there any other, the, any other, the supporting performances you particularly enjoyed that you wanted to shout out? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, Jim Carter as, uh, maybe the best named character in uh in a 2023 movie abacus crunch <laughs> um uh, loved uh rich fulcher another sort of um 
sketch guy who was in like Snuffbox and a bunch of other things as the I can't remember the character's name, but he's the comedian who's never funny. And who can talk like he's in the water. Uh, oh, and of course, uh, Keegan uh, Michael Key as mm-hmm. the uh, as the chief of police, who is so funny and has that runner um, that I know has gotten like a little bit of backlash where he is eating so much chocolate. You, he gains a little bit more weight um, every time uh, you see him. Um, just sort of the uh, his his corruption becoming more and more uh, apparent but he's doing great and he's like an actor who's like who's in hit or miss projects sometimes it feels like he doesn't have the best um taste hmm. but he's so funny here and he gets to do his thing um yeah i'm i'm glad that he's that he's in this movie what about you i particularly enjoyed tom davis as bleacher who uh was oh, the one so that funny. you know uh, kind of initially tricks Willie into getting coming to the boarding house and ends up in a, tor- in a torrid love affair with Miss Scrubbit. Uh, I mean, that's stuff like I don't know why I feel like something sometimes stuff that goofy in movies might bother me, but like he was just such a physically imposing yet goofy at the same time presence that I I got a real kick out of it. Uh, so They're I so did funny together, yeah. I mean, and kudos to Olivia Coleman, who's like you know. An Oscar winner that's just like willing to come. Like, I mean, I guess she was she in one of the Paddingtons, right? Um, I think she was maybe briefly in one of them. Maybe no first one. Um, did she play? Maybe she voiced someone in there. I I don't. I I thought maybe for a second she did. Uh, Maybe not. She's Um, just in. She's been in a lot recently. No, she wasn't. No, she she okay. Oh no, okay, she wasn't. I don't know why. I mean, I I mean, that just seems like something that like. Oh no, she's gonna be in Paddington and Peru. That's it. Okay. Um, Right. That that's that's why I got that confused. But um, uh, regardless, like I think I just um, you know, I I had I had a I. I, I just, it's cool that she's like Oscar winner, Olivia Coleman, but she's willing to like, you know, just come and do something that weird. Uh, and, and, so, and for some, that's not like the leading role of the movie necessarily either. Uh, so okay. uh, good for her, good on her for that too. Just, and, and they were, they were very fun and evil at the same time, but fun nonetheless. So I especially enjoyed that. Um, how about, how about the, how about visually? Uh, you know, I think this movie is actually pretty nice to look at. Uh, I, were there any uh, sequences? I mean, I guess you just saw it, but is there anything that still really like struck you in the theater visually? So um, it's funny you ask that because uh, the version I, I saw it in a theater. It was great. It was on one of the, uh, my local theater's biggest screens. And um, the problem is that it was uh, misprojected and like uh, part of it was like, it was basically cropped. Um, Mm. And um, it wasn't like, ruinous to the movie but it was kind of funny um still looked amazing though my only my only thing is that for as vibrant as this is um and for as much uh as there is going on the only thing i could think is that it would look so much better if it was uh if it had been shot on film um Mm, it is unfortunately very digital um it's not like an ugly movie or anything um, but, uh, but you just want to see just a little more vibrance in, in, in these colors and in these sets. But for the most part, I actually think it's a very beautiful movie. I think the production design owns bones. It rules the school up and down the block. And I think the musical numbers are really, really well choreographed, as I've mentioned, especially the, the first one, um, when they open the shop kind of, uh, at the end of the second act there, um, 
I think that's beautiful. And of course, um, you know, the, I think the, the very final sequence when we sort of see the uh, beginnings of what will, what will be the factory and the chocolate room, um, that's obviously not an original number that we have, but it is such a stirring sequence. It's, and the thing about this movie is that it, you know, does. Wait, that's not, that, that, that's, that's not where they do pure imagination, is it? It is. Yeah, oh, it is. The, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they did. I thought they pulled that off pretty well. That's a pretty, that's a, that's a pretty, um, they earned that and they should not have. It's so it's, it works. Yeah. I guess you had to figure if they were going to reincorporate any song from the first one, it would probably be that one. But I mean, that they, mm-hmm. that they did it and it felt like you said that it felt earned. I was impressed by, um, I, it's, I, they, they, yeah. And they were, yeah. I really, I really like the draft sequence. Uh, not, not necessarily the milking so, so much funny. as just like the song. And I thought the draft, like, I mean, I mean, I guess that I'm assuming that's some <laughs> kind of computer gener- generated draft, but like, it doesn't look like distractingly fake or anything like that. And just like the, the, the way they shot no, the it's, zoo it's and everything around it, the way they shot the zoo and everything around it, I thought was very, very, very nice to look at. Um, and uh, so I, I, I just thought it like gets eaten by the tiger. Oh, yeah, that, I forgot about that. Um, it's been it's been almost a month since I've seen the movie. You can't read. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the I, biggest plot point we haven't discussed is uh, Willy yeah, is, is, is that, illiterate. Is that something in any of the earlier canon? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. They just made that up for this. Huh? It's like it's specific to this movie, which again, like I said, I appreciate sort of the the fungibility. Um, of the mythology of this movie as it pertains to other Willy Wonka stories, other chocolate factory tales sure. and whatnot. Um, that's a, an invention. Although again, not like, yeah. Anyway, it's, it, it leads to some, some solid, um, some solid. Yeah, so, I mean, it's almost at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, it's, it's a touching thing when noodle teaches him to read, but it more is kind of pays off and laughs, which I mean, I guess it's fine. I mean, they're not like, they're not making fun of illiterate people necessarily. It's so it's like, fun it's of him. Different. Yeah, I guess it's fine. Like I said, he's very single-minded. He doesn't care about anything in life besides making chocolate. That's the other thing I'll add. I mean, I guess that that goes under the category of production design. Or um, I, I I appreciated his his mobile lab, and I thought that was it was it was fun watching him do it. You know, you know, I saw a TikTok recently of someone that was like making chocolate, and mm-hmm. like I mean, it was like the, the process of actually making chocolate from scratch is like laborious as hell. Uh, is like you know for for like how much of it we consume to actually get it to that point. It's surprising that chocolate's not like more expensive, honestly. And mm-hmm. so, like, it, it it is a very detailed process. Obviously, there he's working in mm-hmm. you know with chemical concoctions that aren't necessarily what we would have in the real world. But like at least they make it show like he has to you know go to great lengths and be very knowledgeable of his craft. And I enjoyed just like watching him like maneuver that machine and see like what came out the other side. Like I just had a very fun time yeah. w- watching that if nothing else. It's so cool. That's mm-hmm. a, a, like, um, it reminded me when I was a, a kid, I had like, um, a polyjuice potion set, like, you know, from, uh, Harry Potter and the chamber of secrets. It reminded me of that. And just like making these weird candies and whatnot. Um, and it looked just like that. I'm not quite as, uh, intricate but uh i it was it made me so happy to see his his mobile lab and then and also the oompa loompa has a similar sort of thing with his uh first class seat um, his like armoire or whatever his trunk 
Yeah, and you know, I, I don't even know if it like really hit me in the moment, like how ridic- the joke of that was supposed to be that when you're that short, you probably don't need first class. Um, you know, <laughs> but uh, but like, yes, that was one of the bigger laughs I got out of the film as well. You know, and I I should also add just because we didn't necessarily talk about like the that that penultimate part of the movie. Like, I mean, it kind of I thought it really earned like the moment he got with those friends, and like I honestly bought in that moment that he would he would like give up the chocolate like he did for them. Like I thought like the chemistry he had with those other actors was like good enough that in the moment I thought he actually might've made that decision as much as he likes chocolate. And uh, do you disagree? It was like, you were kind of like, you know, squinting for there for a second. I'm just thinking about it. No. Oh, um, I mean, no, that, 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 I that, that, that's as big of a character right, moment yeah. as any in the movie, I think. Oh yeah. When he, uh, when they're like, we'll pay off these debts for your friends. Um, but you have to promise never to make chocolate again they fudge on their deal there and um uh you know what he's able to um which motivates him then to sort of renege on not making chocolate again oh, i was also thinking yeah, can he just go do it in another country i was also thinking can he just go do that in another country he just doesn't get to do it yeah, in how are they gonna find out they're really gonna find out if he goes to like he's already he mean already knows a man that knows how to travel the world like what are they gonna do if he goes and does mm-hmm. it somewhere else but hey, that was the one place he wanted to do it above all else which, which, which is yeah, interesting I mean, chocolate capital of like the world i get it yeah but it's like you know if he just wants to like make people happy by tasting his chocolate like you could do that anywhere um but you For know sure. and, 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 and it's, it's sort of like being maybe maybe a cheaper rent somewhere else you know? <laughs> um yeah. yeah there you go um yeah uh i don't know uh hold anything else about this movie we didn't already touch on that you want to talk about there was something i was going to mention timothy chalamet is great we love abacus crunch, <laughs> the laundry um the uh the ending with the trojan giraffe that stuff is cool the bit with the zookeeper or the, oh, the zoo oh, attendant yeah, yeah. and, 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 and he gets the, the the vault guard oh yeah yeah i mean that's that that, that was a funny thing though uh i forgot what the name god we were talking before we started about the names of the chocolates and that was like a best night of my life or like or no like or one night or uh I guess the idea being you live out like a crazy night. You sat together like the... in chemistry class. Yeah. Well, it was like the idea of oh, that she's chocolate was like continually drunk on the chocolate. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like the whole idea of the chocolate is it takes you through one crazy night. Like you start out really high and then you crash down. Yeah. At the end, and you're like regretting it. Oh, do I call my ex? Do I call my ex? And like the zookeeper's ex ends up being <laughs> like the other guard of somewhere else. And they and that's just like a running bit throughout the movie, which I which I really appreciate. So funny. Yeah. That that was that was funny. I'm glad that you. That's great. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, I don't know if I really um, have much. One else. last thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the end. So, so my favorite callback, and it's at the very end of the movie. Like he has this sort of this uh, chocolate bar from his mom that he hasn't opened ever, and then you open it and you see what's inside, and it makes. Um, oh, it just looks like regular chocolate, like, right? As opposed to like the stuff he makes, correct? Yeah, it's it's just a regular chocolate bar. It has Wonka written on it, and it has a note written on a on a a a golden um, sort of piece of paper mm-hmm. um, that's like that gives the secret of chocolate, and uh, it's very moving. And then he shares a piece with each of his friends, and then you see, um, then he sees his mom, and it makes me cry. It's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, oh. shout out shout out Sally Hawkins, uh, mainstay from Paddington um you know make makes the most out of like very you know like a like short appearance uh in the in these flashbacks but like you know you, you feel the warmth and you understand his connection to her though it's interesting that like 
she's a British lady and um, just raised a son that speaks like an American, I guess, because he went all over the world, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, 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 that is that. Um, but I don't, I didn't need Timothy Chalamet trying a British accent. Maybe that would have ended up being great. Whereas I found him, <laughs> I found him quite fun in this movie. And again, I, um, I, yeah, I didn't, yeah. That, that, that noodle sequence, the noodle song is good, uh, which I, that might be the one they do around the draft actually, uh, or, that might maybe yeah, it's someone in the zoo. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, and I'm not even saying that as a huge critique. As long as they weren't grading on me, and I'm not a big musical guy, but none of them. I wasn't bothered by any of them at the time. I just don't remember any of it. Like I had fun with them. And I had fun with just about all of them in the moment. Is what I would just reiterate. I don't really have a a ton else to add on the movie. I would just say, you know, I think by the time people are listening to this, it's doing well enough. It's still going to be in theaters. So um, we didn't really like. Yeah, go see we, it. Didn't really even spoil that much of it really aside from the fact that like he had to make that one choice and it's not even a spoiler to say that Willy Wonka doesn't give up making chocolate in the Willy Wonka prequel so you know if you happen to the if you, ending is foregone you know how this ends well no I thought it was gonna take a dark prequel. turn I thought I was Sorry. gonna get I, 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 I thought I was gonna get like a dark turn so oh it, sure 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 it, I mean, it, I mean, no, I mean that's I, fair I shouldn't have I shouldn't have probably have assumed that but like I mean but like yeah it's uh it's not like it wasn't like the most obvious thing i kept waiting for another shooter drop about this guy to like show a, a little bit of a, a sinister streak uh and that this, this wasn't the case but again i'm fine with it it was just it made it made watching the movie kind of odd because i was waiting for something to happen that just didn't come but like yeah if you're if, if you no, borrow, if someone listened to this though and, and hasn't seen it uh definitely uh, de- definitely uh worth checking out and obviously in both holden and i's opinion and you know something that the whole family can enjoy like it, it's yeah it's obviously kids can enjoy something like this but there, there are plenty of fun jokes for the adults as well oh yeah. yeah it's it's such a wonderful movie yep i concur uh holden uh before we get out of here anything else you'd like to plug for the listeners that you've been watching recently yeah i have been pretty busy these last few few mm-hmm. days uh, the last movie I watched of of 2023, I'll just shout out really quickly: the late great uh, William Friedkin's uh, "To Live and Die in L.A." Just a lot of coke fueled cops and robbers business, where no one's no one's all that great, and they're mostly not. I mean, and you know, even the villains are kind of sympathetic, but it's it's a, a absolute barn burner of a picture. Um, if you can find it, it's 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 not really streaming. Um, you can get it from like a, a Blu-ray or 4K UHD from I think Kino Lor- uh, Lober has it. Lorber, that's good. And then I'll just shout out Bull Durham as well because that is accessible, uh, and it rules. Kevin Costner uh, is is the man. Did you just watch that for the first time? I just watched that for the first time. Had wow. a fabulous time. Yeah, no, Bodrum is a great movie. Uh, you know, it's like a, I mean, it's, 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 I'd say it's more than a rom-com, but it has some rom-com elements to it. Holden and I were just talking yeah. about how they don't make a ton of those anymore. And that's mm-hmm. that one's pretty cool. So I'm pretty sure it got a nominate Oscar nomination for screenplay. Um, it did a movie like that. So that just shows you like a movie about like minor league baseball players, like, you know, hooking up with a team groupie can, uh, you know, get nominated for an Oscar than like for writing. I think that shows you that's a, like an interesting movie worth checking out um it's so good it's tim robbins especially is giving like the best performance in a sports movie he's so so good in it have you ever have you ever seen white man can't jump no it's the other ron shelton uh sort of sports comedy that is so beloved Um, yeah so i'm just you know know, that that that, i think you probably dig that too if you're um if, if if like you know uh if you're in them just you know interesting uh 
Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson performances if you're just talking about really good performances in sports movies. So I don't have a ton else to recommend. I can't remember if I, I mean, this, I, I mean, I guess this is to show you how much I like the movie, but I'm looking back at like the last time I recorded was on the 29th. I saw the Iron Claw on the 26th. I don't know if I plugged the Iron Claw at the end of it, um, at, at the end of, and I, and I, and I saw, and I saw Maestro on the, and I and recorded on Maestro on the 27th. So I don't remember if I plugged Iron Claw at either of those. I just haven't watched any other movies besides Aquaman and the Color Purple. And uh, I did not love either of those. I didn't hate Aquaman as much as like most people, <laughs> but it's like out of the stuff I've seen in the last two weeks, uh, you know, I, I think I'd recommend this. Oh, you know what I did see that I definitely haven't plugged yet. So I, you know, I, again, watch the Iron Claw if you have a chance to. It's it's really good. Iron uh, Claw is great movie. Okay, I didn't I didn't know you made it to it yet. So definitely watch that. But again, that might just be repeating myself or something I said before. I watched on um on my flight back from Philadelphia. So one of the like the second to last 2023 release I saw in 2023 was uh, Sam Esmail's Leave the World Behind on Netflix, which has gotten like a very divisive reaction. What do you think of that? And I'm. I, 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 it's one I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to end up doing a podcast on it or not, actually, uh, just because I hadn't really talked to anyone about it, but it's like, I was curious about it. I like Sam Esmail as a person. He's a regular guest on a couple of podcasts I listen to. And I, but I only like watched cool. the first, I only, I only watched the first like two seasons of Mr. Robot. And then I was just like, this is just getting too off the rails for me. And I, and I find his, and I find his feature debut comment to be like really interesting, but not like a hundred percent. Uh, like something he like knocked out of the park uh just like a, it's like a trippy 500 days of summer if that sounds like something you're into and then like i and then i watched homecoming which i enjoyed and he's produced some other stuff but it's like i'm just like okay cool you're getting a, a film made of a fairly original idea even if it's adapted from a book that has julia roberts and marshall ali and ethan hawk like i will watch this movie uh and like there's some really cool sequences yeah. in it and i but i can't disagree with anyone that says like maybe he doesn't totally 100 percent uh nail it on social commentary he is going for within the movie so uh it's it's an interesting swing i again i don't know if it totally hits but like i think it's good to support stuff like that because it's cool that like netflix gave him over 100 million dollars to make that movie so i it's something that like i think is worth checking out oh my gosh i did not know that yeah and i I, for like the first half of the movie i am like wondering like where 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 did all like this is a nice house you're mostly filming it in but like where did all this money go but then there's some there's some sequences that actually did cost some money after that you could tell uh, so, uh, I, I, I can kind of see where it went, but like, I think it's an interesting movie. I can't like say it's going to be like my top 20 movies of 2023. And there might be some stuff that's just not good. Honestly, I would need to think more about it, but like, it's a, I think it's an interesting one and I want Netflix to be incentivized to like uh, allow more filmmakers to do those kind of things. Even if he didn't totally like get an, a five stars for me or whatever. So check out leave the world behind. If you're interested in like, you know, apocalypse stuff, that's also kind of a mystery and even has some potential horror elements uh or some stuff approaching that it's like potentially scary at times it's like a is is it's just an interesting movie that i think is worth checking out and on netflix so that is my uh recommendation for this week i holden i really appreciate the time as always uh coming up next on the podcast i think we'll have an episode on ferrari an episode on poor things and probably one on the iron claw i just haven't actually figured out exactly who and when that will be with so again everyone oh and gonna have and you know just because it's a it's a jason statham uh action movie uh i'm sure we'll have an episode on the beekeeper with our friend daniel so uh, uh <laughs> i was gonna say with daniel. yeah yes uh and like and like that, that that might that might get combined with um the book of clarence but i we got to figure that out so uh we're gonna be covering all that stuff plus trying to round out the oscar stuff as it comes up over the next month or two so again i want to thank holden for joining i want to thank all of you for listening and we will see you next time